Welcome to the Rockstar Book Club August segment. And this is being recorded. So in the event that you comment, you are giving permission for us to repost this. So today we are discussing Wayne Dyer's book called Excuses Be Gone. And the reason I picked this book, so every year I kind of go back and pick an oldie book goodie. Um, you know, we've done we've done books that are, you know, that were written in the 1940s or even earlier. And um, Jesse Itzler's wife, Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx and sole owner, loves Wayne Dyer. She always talks about Wayne Dyer. And so when she's, she hates to fly. And when she's flying, she has her little Walkman <laughs> and she has a cassette tape of Wayne Dyer. So I thought, let me, you know, she's pretty successful. So let's, uh, let's follow uh, her lead. And I, and I picked this book. He's written many books, but I picked this book because as I speak to retail leasing agents and principals of real estate companies around the country. Uh, I always hear quote unquote reason why people don't get stuff done. So why did I say reason, Greg, quote unquote reasons? Why did... Because those are the excuses. Right. So you know, and I, I, I want to be a nice person and a nice coach, but when you're paying me to coach you, I'm going to call you out on the reasons that you couldn't get something done, right? So I thought it would be a great book because, you know, we all do excuses, right? Like, you know, I went out and walked this morning, but very easily I could have had an excuse of why I shouldn't go walk my three and a half miles because it's not something I enjoy. It's something that I know I need to do. There's very often times where I will make an excuse like, oh, well, I should, you know, do my prospecting or I should call these people or I should follow up on these deals. And then I don't go do the thing that I know I need to do for, you know, my health and my physical, my, you know, my physique. So uh, the book starts in chapter three with a list of 18 excuses that he says are the common excuses. Greg, did you read the book? Yes. Okay. Uh, read, so, I'm about three quarters of the way done. So I can't so, have read all of it, but I'm, yeah. So before I launch into the uh, 18, you know, very often used excuses, what did you think about the book? Well, I, you know, with, a lot of these oldies but goodies it, 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 it it's a mindset change type type book and every once in a while i think we need this just reminder to reaffirm why we're doing what we're doing um every day and you know these excuses that he presents i mean that's there's 18 i mean there's there's hundreds of others you can come up with but when you start to read it you realize you re you realize all these different these small excuses that you make over the course of a day 
and how compound and I mean and just how much they compound over time that it starts to generate this habit that easily can be broken if you just reverse engineer why you got there in the first first place. So now the one of my favorite quotes in the book is when you abandon making choices you enter the vast world of excuses, right? When you yeah, abandon, I mean, make, like, right, like if I make a choice, if I choose, if I, I don't, if I decide not to walk, if I make the choice to not walk, I'm absolutely telling myself an excuse of why I couldn't walk today. Yeah, I mean, every, there's every choice you make you can draw a court, you can draw a line to a result every time. And um, what, and that's a positive or negative, whatever you choose. You know, I, I, I had 10 minutes, spare 10 minutes this morning. I could have sat and looked at my phone or Facebook for 10 minutes. I did my plank routine instead because it was the time that I had. And I knew it took 10 minutes and I was tired. I got like four hours of sleep last night, but I got it done anyway. And that was the choice that I made that I know will ultimately help me, whether it be physical, mental, whatever, uh, psychological well-being, that's going to help me. Those 10 minutes were the right way to spend those 10 minutes instead of doing something else. We used to have a quote that I, I learned from Tom Hopkins, who was the first motivational speaker, trainer, coach I ever was exposed to, I guess my dad, he used to listen to cassette tapes from Bishop Sheen, but it was probably more of a religious bent, but, um, and he used to read books on sales, but the first personal, like, like physically, I went to a conference, Terranova took us to a conference with Tom Hopkins. And one of the quotes that I had on a like piece of loose leaf paper in my cubicle was, I always do the most productive thing at every given moment. And that is that is right there like, oh, I've got 10 minutes. Well, on my things to do list today is to get in my plank. Well, my, I can do an eight minute plank. So let's, let me fit it in right now here. I could not do an eight yeah. minute plank. Can you do a 10 minute plank? Well, it's a routine. So there, it's about, a, it, it, it's 45 second planks, but there's, a, but there's 10 different variations. So I was going to say, I don't, Greg, you can do a 10 minute plank. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, I can, I, I can do 10, 45 second variations that will tear you apart, but it's, it's still 10 minutes. All right. So um, let me go, let me list the, um, I'm going to mute you because I'm getting feedback and then I'll unmute you when you're just unmute yourself when you want to want to, uh, want, and if anyone wants to comment. Um, so here are the 18 excuses. First one, it will be difficult. So yeah, so walking three and a half miles, it could be difficult. Prospecting and getting rejection can be difficult. Going to college at a late age could be difficult. Asking a girl out could be difficult or a boy. You know, definitely that they, he says that's the common one is that you put in your head, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. So 
let's let's just resort to easy, right? The next one, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll do five at a time and then we can discuss. The next one is it's going to be risky. You know, I hear that from every, especially my ladies where, you know, I'm coaching them on trying to get them to invest in real estate. And they say it's going to be difficult. They say it's going to be risky. They, they use a bunch of excuses that are listed here in the 18, but definitely investing in real estate is risky. And so is not investing in real estate, right? Or, or investing at all. Um, number three, it will take a long time. Absolutely. I'm working on a deal right now, possibly an acquisition that I have been working on this seller for probably 12 years. Did I think when I started talking to him, it was going to take 12 years? Certainly not. But yeah, things take a long time. You might as well get started. Number four, there will be too much family drama. So, you know, maybe a child who wants to drop out of college, maybe uh, a child, you know, a child who, or a parent that wants to remarry, lots of family drama. And then number five, and then we'll discuss is I don't deserve it. That's heartbreaking. I think we all, we, we all deserve everything. So we, we all deserve whatever we want. So, but there are certainly people that feel that way that they don't deserve it. So Greg, and then anyone else that wants to unmute and comment if you've read the book or haven't read the book, but what, Greg, what do you think about these first five? It'll be difficult. It's going to be risky. It'll take a long time, family drama, and I don't deserve it. Well, I mean, and I think a lot of these just simply are, and, and he talks about this very early on in the book, he calls these memetics, the memes. Yeah, memes, yeah. You know, these are, you know, these kind of are seeds that have been planted in, in, in you as a young, you know, at a young age. And, you know, we don't realize how, you know, malleable our brains are at, at that kind of young age. And so, you're, you know, once you start to feed into those beliefs they start to cement themselves into your brain and then that's where these excuses come from and i think you know when you're in your 20s you think you're invincible you can do anything but you have certain things you want to do so you it's easy and as you get older everything starts to be you know your priorities change and um, you know, my wife and I are home design. I mean, she's a teacher. She started she went to school as a teacher. Um, now she's in a home, you know, a home design. But she's like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like, it's it too hard. I mean, it's gonna be, there's so much to do. It's so hard. I mean, I mean, I may, I may have to go back to school. I'm like, you know what? You may have to, and that's okay. But you know what? Sam Walton started Walmart when he was 44 years old. That's a pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good shift for him, I think, and the family. So um, it, it, it doesn't matter when you start. It doesn't matter if you're 7, 17, or 75. You can always build and grow yourself. And, you know, whatever results or goals that you have for yourself, you just start now because there's no better time to do it than now. Yeah, Kristen, you wanted to, did you read the book, Kristen? 
I, I did read part of the book. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet, but I also listened to his podcast as well, too, just to get information. And, you know, I think it's just a mental, sometimes you get this mental block of these excuses that come up. But I think when you do the little things to get out of your fear or whatever the excuses that, that you're letting yourself kind of hold you back and you have those small successes, those small successes really then propel me forward to try the next thing and take another risk and not let the excuses hold me back because you can make those steps forward and then feel like you're empowering yourself to accomplish and do what you want to do. So it's getting over that mental block that sometimes we put on ourselves. And, and successes can come, you know, those little successes compound into a very, you know, to, to very real results. And I think that's where a lot of people get hit, get the hiccup on. It's like, well, you know, I, I want, I need to do all of this at once. Like, take baby steps, you know, just take a little bit each day to move towards where you want to go. And, you know, that's where you'll start to realize the big success over time. Yes. And celebrating those wins when you have them too, even though they're baby steps, when you can celebrate it, or I have some family that are kind of accountability partners where I'll tell them, here's what I'm doing. And now I know I've said it, I've told them I'm doing this. So now I feel like I you know, really want to succeed and come through just so that I've got that accountability part there on myself. That's awesome. Yeah. The, um, what they, they, they say, whoever they are, is that, um, when you do something you don't want to do, like for me walking, that every time you do something that you know is good for you, that you'd, you'd like to put off or procrastinate, but you don't, and you do it, that it contributes to the ever powering skill set of, or skill of self-discipline. And the more you can build your self-discipline muscle by doing, like if, if every day I walk, whether I you know, want to or not, it contributes, especially when I do it, when I, when I walk, when I don't want to walk, it contributes to building the muscle of self-discipline and the larger and stronger your self-discipline muscle is, the easier it is to not make excuses, which, you know, I, I, so every time I do something I don't want to do, I think, okay, I'm building my self-discipline muscle which, which will then help me better the next time. The other quote, one of the other quotes in the book, which I loved, and then I'm going to go to the next five excuses is here's a quote, making excuses is getting away with something versus challenging ourselves. I love that. So I love to challenge myself, right? I'm, I'm always doing these challenges I still haven't done 75 hard. I don't, I, you know, that, that I, I don't know if that would kill me, but um, I do the biking challenge. I've done the swimming challenge, obviously prospecting challenge, which is not really, I mean, it's, it's a challenge because it's voluminous, but prospecting for me isn't a challenge, but I know it's a challenge for many, many people, but I love that quote, making excuses is a way, is getting away with something who wants to get away with something? Like no one should want to get away with something versus challenging ourselves. Greg, don't you love that quote? Yeah, that's well, yeah, a good I mean, one. I, I think that is a good one. I mean, you know, 
I've participated with you in a bunch of these different challenges and, and, you know, you, you have these different accountability partners when we are, when we're all together in that community. Um, you know, it, it stress is, stress is the only way that you can build muscle in any way. You can't do it without stress. You just have to balance that balance and manage that stress accordingly that, that you don't put your, out of alignment with what you're what you're focused you all know can really have a detrimental impact to, to you know psychological and physical well-being but um yeah that, that quote kind of resonates clearly to that point Kristen, before i go to the next five did you want to jump in well i was going to say i think it was a quote i heard from mark cuban a couple of years ago where he just said in the morning, like, don't debate with yourself. If you've got your routine, like you do your walking bath, I do my yoga, I do my stretching. Don't debate with yourself. Like you've got a time, you got to get up and get started, do it and don't negotiate, stick to it. And I always feel better when I do the times that I miss it, or I don't plan enough time for it. The rest of the day, I feel it. But when I get up and I do it, I always feel better that I made that commitment and I stuck to it just for my own self. 100%. And I think pe- people tell me that the like the the uh anti prospectors, right? Like when I make them, if I'm coaching them or if they're in a challenge, they always say the same thing. Oh my gosh, I, I felt so much better. I got my 30, you know, prospect calls in today or my DMs or I've canvassed or whatever and then and then that compound effect of prospecting over a 30-day period you know, 496 plus, you know, your next three months, I literally get phone calls for three months. Oh my gosh. The pipeline that I built in that challenge is, is just so inspiring and exciting and just huge results. So, all right, let me talk, tell the next six, the next five, uh, number six, it's not my nature. So I hear that a lot. Well, you know, well, even though I'm a leasing agent, it's not my nature to be a salesperson. So prospecting is hard for me. I can't afford it. I hear that with women I'm coaching on investing. No one will help me. I hear that from my son (laughs) who's sitting right here. Um, It has never happened before. So for, for females, you know, I used to hear that all the time, you know, it, it, that is changing. So I'm very happy, but, you know, when I was buying shopping centers, you know, and raising family and friends money in 2004, there weren't many of us doing that females. And then number 10, I'm not strong enough. And then I'll just do one more. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. See, that's, Right there, I said earlier, I made the excuse 75 hard. I absolutely don't think I'm strong enough. That doesn't mean I shouldn't try it. Um, And then I'm not smart enough. I can tell you the 47 women in my commercial real estate investment group, 45 of them don't think they're smart enough. And the, the whole purpose of that coaching group is to convince them that they are just as smart as anyone else that's investing in real estate. And I tell most of my stories, I tell them stories that I've completely screwed something up to show them that I, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but you just keep, you figure it out. And if you're determined and resilient and creative, you don't, and you, and persistent, 
You don't have to be Einstein to buy real estate. You just have to be creative, persistent, resilient, you know, and keep determined. But so it's not my nature. I can't afford it. No one will help me. It's never happened before. I'm not strong enough and I'm not smart enough. Greg, what do you think? Well, I mean, the, the, the not smart enough, I hear this on a regular basis with my, with, with my kids. And I say, and tell them, well, you are smart enough. You're just out of practice. Like, that's all. You're just out of practice. And if you're trying to, you know, if you're dealing with math or dealing with calculus, wherever it is, I haven't done calculus in 20 some odd years. Can I help you? Probably not today. But if I actually were to study through it with you, we could figure it out. You're just, we're just out of practice. And math is one of those things where you just have to practice, 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 practice. Um, I deal with this with my son as well because he is, you know, he's a perfectionist. And on the basketball court, he's, if, he is, if he's not shooting 100% from the floor, he's like dumbfounded. He's like, he can't believe he's even doing, he even should be there. You know, but we make these little tweaks in his shot and his, you know, and how he's angled. And it's amazing what's happened. The kids, you know, kids averaging 12 points on the court. He's getting four threes a game. I mean, it, it's made these huge differences. So all of these are, they're just these excuses that, Pete, that, that you come up with that, in my opinion, you know, you're just out of practice. Just, but you have to do it. You have to make that first step so that you can become better than you were yesterday and make that tech take that second step so that you're better than the day before. It's that, that same compound effect that Darren Hardy talks about, you know, over and over. Um, and I mean, it's just motivating and inspirational once you read that, that, you know, other people have kind of going through this, the same thing you are. Uh, Nancy or Kevin or Lee, do you guys want to jump in? Even if you, it's okay if you did not read the book. But does anything that we're talking about from excuses be gone res resonate with any of you? I'll chime in, Beth. This is Kevin Kruger. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for Hi, your thank you for your continued inspiration, your continued leadership, and a book selection like this is something we can all um, identify with. I, I appreciate that you've jotted down. I think like a top ten. And uh, no, I did not get a chance to read the book. This is the first time I've been able to jump on your Zoom. I think I watched uh, some of your YouTube live. I know you're recording. And um, yeah, no, I think you do this monthly, correct? Yes. And Greg, my co-host today, is going to be take. we've been doing this, I think, for four or five years. And I'm handing the gavel off to Greg in 2022. So he's going to be co-hosting the next few months with me as he then takes over, right, Greg? Yes, but you can't leave me on my, you can't leave me all alone. I'm not, I'll be on every call. That's good. Fantastic, yeah, I should try in with you guys. Yeah, um, we have all of the books from the last four years, all of the recordings are on um, the website and the, and the YouTube channel and we have, we have read, I don't know, over 50 books by this time and discussed them and how do they relate in real estate. And we do, we do retail books on retail. Like last month, we did a book on the family who built Dollar General. We'll do books on entrepreneurialism. 
we go back in time. We've, we did, um, what was one, the one that we read that was like 200 years old? I can't, the, not the merchant, I must say the merchant of Venice, but that wasn't it. Oh, the, the, um, the alchemist. The oh, the alchemist. Yeah. Right. The alchemist. So, and then we do, you know, brand new books, Kevin, like, you know, like a, a brand new book from Jeb Blunt on, you know, prospecting or time management. So we, we, we have, we usually start around November, December, asking on LinkedIn, who, what are everyone's favorite books? And then we narrow it down and we pick 12 and we go with those 12. Fantastic. Fantastic. I should chime in um, that I am also starting a business book. I call it a business book club. And it sounds like a lot of your selections are, you know, they're not always specific to real estate. Um, what I want to chime in on is uh, a couple things. I came across a book on Henry Flagler. Have you seen that yet? It's a couple hundred pages. I don't know if you read that. I, yeah, haven't read that. That Looks, sounds great. Uh, I'll, I'll lend it to you when I finish. I'll probably put it on a list. So our book club is through the Miami Association of Realtors. I'm a leader. I'm, I'm one of the leadership governors with the commercial chapter, which is now 3,000 people strong. And we're just going to do quarterly. I'm going to make sure that we're not duplicating what you guys are doing. But in fact, if either of you want to jump in with us, we I'm really encouraging just once every three months, people can get together open like an open house, either at your place or whichever person happened to submit the winning selection. This is kind of a, a group effort. Uh, we'd love for you guys to participate and then try to turn people on to your monthly book club as well. There's plenty out there in the market. I know you have, uh, you were on Miles Stepner's interview last month. And in uh -huh. fact, he's big on growth mindset. So coincidentally, Stephen Riggle, our, our chapter president, picked a mindset book. Um, so I, I, I'd like to keep in touch with both of you if I could. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, you're... Every Friday, I think your meet your monthlies are on Fridays at eleven thirty, right? Yeah. Okay, so we have a new clubhouse. That's where I listen to you with Miles every Friday. Um, if you'd like, I'll try to ping it into the uh, link because you could go straight from your book club chat into our commercial realtors clubhouse if you're interested. Awesome. In having yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Thank you, Kevin. And thanks for yeah, being here today. I'll see you in November at the awards too. So thank you for all your leadership, Beth. You're a great inspiration. Oh, thank you, Kevin. So and Greg, I look forward to getting to know you. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. So let me give another quote from the book that I wrote down, which I liked. Make the decision that you'll no longer use excuses to keep you from what you know is in your best interest. Today, act on something you've always avoided and explained away with a convenient excuse. Make a phone call you've been putting off, write a letter to a friend, put on a pair of walking shoes and go for a stroll, clean out your closet, do something you've been justifying not doing with excuses. So I would challenge everyone personally, you don't have to, you know, raise your hand and, and say what you're going to do. But I would challenge everyone today to think about what is one thing you've been putting off. And today, don't 
put it off any longer. And even if it's a big project, just take like what, what Greg said, just take the first step. Just take the first step. All right, let me go to the next. I'll finish off with the next eight. I'm too old. There, he said, tells a great story in the book. He tells a story about a woman who said, I would really love to go back to college. But by the time I do it, I'm 44, I'm 45 years old. By the time I finished, I would be 49. And he said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. He said, if you don't go to college, how old will you be five years from now? She mm -hmm. said, 49. <laughs> And he said, okay, and if you do go to college, go back to college, how old will you be in five years? 49. So I loved that. I was laughing out loud with that story because, you know, just go back to college. I mean, I, some of you know the story. I went to Florida State. I was, you know, right out of high school, 18 years old. It was I went for the five-year plan because I was having so much fun. And my last semester, I got mono. I was in the hospital and I had three incompletes from my classes because I missed a lot of school, like I missed the last three weeks of school. But I walked in the graduation and the plan was to go back during summer and finish, you know, I was an English literature major. I know that that shocks all of you considering that I'm doing a book club. And um, so I had to go back and finish three papers. Well, I got a job that was a phenomenal opportunity to travel around the country and I couldn't go back to school. So of course I was gonna do that after I came home from that one year job assignment and then I got another job. And the next thing you know, I am 44 years old and I don't have a college degree because I'm short three classes or you know nine credits. So um, my mom on her, you know, when she was passing away said, please do me a favor and go back and get your degree. So I promised her I would. And at 44, so in 2004, I went back and over three semesters, I took one class each semester and I was able to get my degree. So I started in 1978 and I got my degree in 2005. I say I'm the longest running student ever. But, um, but definitely there's a lot of people in the world that believe that they're too old. Just like what Greg, you just said, I don't, I didn't know that Sam Walton started at 44. Walmart started in 44. That's when the, that's when the, the five and dime opened in downtown Bentonville. You know, there's so many stories about, you know, the, I think Mrs. Fields cookies and Kentucky fried chicken. Like I think Kentucky fried chicken, Colonel Sanders started that at like 67 or something. So yeah. one of the excuses, I'm too old. Then another excuse, which is interesting for those of us that have young children, I'm too young. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not old enough. Uh, then the next excuse, number 14, is the rules won't let me. The rules won't let me. Number 15 is it's too big. It's too big. I can't, you know, deal with it. Number 16, I don't have the energy. Number 17, it's my personal family history. So something in the personal family history is stopping you. Number 18, 
I hear this a lot. I'm too busy. You know, I don't have enough time. I'm too busy. And then the last one, which is the one that rarely people admit to, and it's very often, you know, a big reason or a big excuse is I'm too scared. I'm too scared. So I'm too old. I'm too young. The rules won't let me. It's too big. I don't have the energy. It's my personal family history. I'm too busy and I'm too scared. So Kristen, what do you think about those? Well, I was going to go back to what Greg said earlier. And like some of these things you have from when you're younger, right? Like people tell you, you can't do it, or you are too young or you're too old or whatever the case may be. And you sort of hear that and you start to believe it, or, you know, you recognize that and you go back to when you were younger and you think, oh my gosh, my parents were great. No, I said, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want, go for it. And so it's kind of that mental thing that whatever you have from your background sometimes can come back to current and make you have these excuses. So kind of recognizing that I think is a big thing because for me personally, that's what I kind of go back to is my dad always said, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. And that's the motivation that I hear. I'm a big tennis player. And when I'm out on the court and I'm missing shots and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm better than this. I kind of stop and I go back to that in my head. I'm like, you know how to play the game. You know, the shots you want to hit, just bring it down a notch and play the way you want to play. And it sort of lets me reset, but sometimes that's hard to do in the moment. It's easier to go to one of the excuses and not focus on it than really focus on where you want to go and how you want to get there. Greg, Father Greg, you heard that? Did yeah. did you hear that, Father Greg? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Heard it the many power, times. The power of the parents. Yeah. You can, I mean, you I, can I, do anything. You can. And I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with this. I mean, right now my, my, my daughter's struggling. She's a junior in high school. I mean, I mean, a lot of it, just our school system is just, it is what it is, but you know, she's struggling because she's just not, she, she doesn't feel connected to the school and you know, she wants to get out as soon as she possibly can. Um, you know, she's ready to graduate. I mean, if she can graduate tomorrow, she would. She's like, I'm ready to move on. I'm out. Which, I mean, and, you know what? I don't blame her. In all honesty, I don't blame her. But, you know, that aside, you, you know, the, the, the biggest excuse that I, I think that I'm looking at, at least pertains to me right now, is, is it's too big. You know, I'm, I'm facing looking at, we've got to open 1,500 stores next year in a very limited environment, a very limited real estate inventory. I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I, how can I preserve my real estate? Perhaps not in a traditional way of what we've always done. So I'm looking at different projects. I'm, I'm, I've undertaken this project of how can I develop a 10 to 15,000 square foot store temporarily? You know, is there a way that I can build a out parcel that you can just drop an out parcel? Like with a container store on a pad. Like yeah, in theory, but it's got to be 10 to 15,000 square feet. This isn't small. So it, it's, it's big. And I mean, I know it's big. I mean, it's big in, it's big in scope. It's big in size. You know, I've, I've already talked to some people. It's like, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. And, and 
I might be. But guess what? Bezos was too 25 years ago. And now, now look. There's a quote. There's, yeah, there's a Peter Drucker quote. Uh, the day before, it's something like the day before it was a brainstorm, it was a crazy idea. Yeah, it just was. And that's okay. You know, you could do a circus tent. A well, circus see, that's tent. the thing. We do, we, we've done tents. I'm trying to get away from the tent because the tents are risky. You know, we've done, we've done tents forever. They're, they're costly. They're risky. They're li- they're just, there's a whole host of liability, not to mention where we need real estate, where we're going to be struggling for real estate. They're not permissible because it's, you know, we're in storm zones. So Florida, along the Gulf Coast, where real estate's going to be thin next year. We need to figure out, we need to figure something out quickly. But luckily it's something we can, at least for next year, I think we can put together a plan. I love it. So it's not going to be too big. You'll come up with something. Uh, Here's another quote. You must be willing to take whatever pieces of life come your way and arrange them so that they work with and for you rather than against you. You must be willing to take whatever pieces of life come your way and arrange them so that they work with and for you rather than against you. The key is to be willing, the willingness, the willingness to arrange rather than complain or make excuses will pay off. I love that. We have, you know, we all live, we all live in a world that is constantly changing. I think that's a, I think those are words to a song. And we have the ability to complain about it or arrange, arrange the world so that they work with and for us rather than against us. How po- that's a very, po- that's a powerful thing that all of our children should hear. Yeah. I mean, Bob Berg talks about this a lot with just being open to be, you know, being open to accept what comes your way and take, take it for what it is. And use that, use it to your advantage. You know, every experience, every conversation is a gift. Take it for what it is. You know, it may be a difficult conversation, but you can take components out of that to use later in life, later in a situation, or to help the person that, you know, perhaps is on the other part, other side that's not very happy. You know, your next conversation is going to be much better. It sucks to go through it right now, but that's all part of the process. That's the stress that you're going to go through to make yourself stronger and them stronger and your relationship stronger. You, you have to do it because if you don't, then, then you, really, you, you really don't care enough about that to improve it. And, you know, you just never know what's going to go on in life. You know, I um, I saw a, a, a dear friend of mine. We've been friends for 35 years, uh, two nights ago. And someone asked us, someone asked, how did we meet? And I said, so the, so I was literally going to be homeless. I was, I was rooming. This is after college, had a job, was working two jobs actually. And my roommate was getting married. And so she was moving out. And I couldn't find another roommate. 
and I couldn't afford to live on my own. I was really, my back was up against the wall and I went and I, and I said, like, I got to find a room in someone's house. Like I was desperate. And, um, I, I, you know, opened up the hard copy of the Miami Herald newspaper and I went to the classified section and it said roommate wanted. And it was this woman who said roommate wanted female North Miami beach. The address was in the development that my boyfriend who then became my husband lived in. And I'm like, this is too good to be true. I went and met her. She interviewed me as a potential roommate and um, we've been very close friends for 35 years. So that was a situation where I was literally becoming desperate. I have this job, I have this career, I need a place to live. <laughs> and, um, you know, something told me to look in the newspaper, which, you know, today, I mean, maybe someone would look at Craigslist and the dangers with that, but very funny that we all have, every day we are presented with opportunities and with new people in our lives and that we need to embrace life and, 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 and again, turn, what is it? Uh, vinegar into wine. Is that the same? I think so. Nancy, how are you today? Great. Have you had a chance to read the book? No, I'm behind in my other books. So I'm here just joining you, but um, I, you know, I'm very athletic, but I work 10 hour days, six days a week. So um, I'm not doing much other than playing tennis and walking and tennis is only one a week, one day a week. But I said to a consortium, uh, a group of people I'm on a Zoom call with this morning, I said, okay, I got my swim on my schedule. Yesterday, I actually put my swimsuit on, which is usually my trick. But I got to the, finally got to the pool and they were closed. So that's not good. But today, this weekend, I'm definitely swimming. So that oh, will well, be. So, so you and Kristen too, but I don't think you guys live in the same area. You could play tennis together. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, and also I wanted to go to, you know, I, I got my master's in business but I'm actually um, decided that this is the year I'm going to apply to go back to school. It's for education purposes. I don't know if I really, um, it's for love of learning. And if I can get into the state school in Georgia, I will, and I will go to school. But do you think as a person my, in my age bracket, I'm a little concerned about my reading um, and, you know, I'm, I might be older and smarter than the kids, but I'm sure they're going to give me a challenge, my classmates, if I do get in. I'm not applying to a lot of schools. It's just that I, it was on my agenda since I was like 20-something. So, um, you, you know, you won't, I'll tell you, the first class I took, you know, uh, in, when I went back to take these three classes, it was an online class. And I am not, you know, back then, I certainly wasn't technologically savvy. I'm still not today, but I'm better. And it was an online class and you had to, you know, it was, it was like 18th century literature or whatever. And you read the books and you have, and you have these discuss like book club discussions, literature discussions online. And I kept posting my comments to the questions and, and the professor kept telling me that I wasn't doing it in the right 
order. And so finally I get a phone call one day and the professor says, I think you should drop the class because you're not figuring this out or come to my office hours so I can teach you how to do the, I guess the stream or I, I don't know what it was called. So um, we had this really great conversation and the professor said, okay, now that I've spoken to you for 15 minutes, I think you'd be much better in the classroom. <laughs> so I dropped the class, which I hated the class because I didn't like typing my comments on the book, right? So uh, I dropped the class and I thought, oh, this isn't gonna work, I'm too old, right? Exactly what, you know, these excuses. But I, um, she was the teacher, professor. She had the same class, like a Tuesday night class the next semester, I took it. Loved the class. I was the oldest person in the class, Nancy, but they, but I loved the class during college. I didn't take any of my classes seriously. I got straight A's, three straight A's. I wrote great papers. I had so much fun and I had fun with the young people in the class. So go for it. But I will also tell you something that um, I uh, participated in. There's something called the one day university. And uh, and also beside, and, and that's put on by the New York Times and they rotate it around, around different cities around, probably in Atlanta. And they bring in for one day, they, they either, they usually have it like at a synagogue or, you know, in a church like hall. Sometimes they have it like in a library, like a college library. And they bring in three or four speakers like from Harvard and, you know, like really phenomenal speakers and they speak on topics and it could range from politics to music to um, sleeping habits. It's just a wide variety of topics. And I've attended a lot of those. And, you know, again, one full day of professor, 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 you know, I don't have to do any papers or any work or any homework and you just learn and you're around other people my age or older that want to uh, be, you know, want to participate in that. And there's another organization, I don't know, I, I haven't heard about it lately, but it's called Lifelong Learning, LLL, and, or LLI, Lifelong Learning Institute. And they have those all around the country also. They had them in South Florida. I know they had them in um, Clemson, South Carolina, because a friend of mine went to that one. And that is, uh, I think, a weekly it, it's during maybe like September to May and it's weekly. And I think there are two speakers half a day. So depending on, you know, check those out also, because it sounds like you just want to be in a learning environment, not necessarily have a, do you have a goal to reach like a degree, additional degrees? Yeah, it's a degree, but I'm, again, I, I'm just going to give it a shot. I think if, I don't know if you've thought about this yourself, um, but if COVID would start again, what are the three things you might accomplish? And I guess that's kind of, I make, you know, COVID is still here. So I, I don't know what's gonna happen this year. I'm sure we'll move along, but I wanna accomplish some things that I haven't, um, I'd like to finish. I think that's awesome. Keep us posted on that. I think it's great. All right. So um, for you, <laughs> what? I don't have excuses because I'm getting things done. 
Awesome. All right. So let's, uh, Greg, before I announce um, next month's call, any other last words of, uh, any last words or comments on excuses be gone? I mean, you know, I, I think we've had a pretty good summary, but again, I just, I go back to the, the one lesson that I take away from this whole thing is simply it, changing your mindset to something more productive and it really makes a huge difference. And, you know, it, that, that simple shift eliminates a lot of these excuses, you know, yeah, they, it may be difficult but that's okay life is difficult raising kids is difficult you know running a business trying to invest in shopping centers is difficult you know that's okay being in middle school and high school is difficult it's it's not easy having a sophomore in college is difficult it's it's hard but you know what you wake up every day and the, the sun is the sun is rise the sun is risen and you take it for what it is it's you know, every day is a gift and you take the advantage of, of, of what comes your way and you learn from it. Yeah. I have a friend, a family friend who is losing his eyesight. And yeah. for the last three days, I've gotten up and said a grateful prayer that I have my eyesight. Can you imagine he's, you know, 74 years old and he has macular degeneration. He's overnight losing his, like rapidly losing his eyesight. And it is devastatingly depressing for him. And, you know, we take for granted all of our gifts. We really do. Okay. So um, here are the, I'm going to tell you guys the next, we have four more books left in the year. Do you believe it? So next month, September is Anthony Robbins. We've never done an Anthony Robbins book. Awaken the Giant Within. I already started listening to it and I ordered the book because I just want to underline. When I'm listening, I can't underline. Um, the next one in October is an oldie book goodie, Think and Grow Rich. And then we'll come back into the 21st century in November with Daniel Pink's Drive. The uh, subtitle of that is The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. And then we end the year with a, a book that Barry Wolf is reading right now. He, he texted me. He said, have you read this book? It's awesome. I go, it's in the book club. So it's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And the funny thing about that is during COVID, I downloaded it. So I'm doing my, during COVID, I was walking better, you know, more consistently because, you know, we were closed and um, I downloaded The One Thing and I, I had my earbuds in and I turned it on and it's in Dutch. I downloaded the Dutch version. <laughs> what is this? So, um, so yeah, so that was funny. I said, to, I said to Barry, I have the Dutch version if you would like it. You know, I bought it and everything. So, so anyway, so next month, Anthony Robbins awakened the giant within. We all have a giant within. That, the, uh, his subtitle is Take Immediate Control of Your Mental, Emotional, Physical, and Financial Destiny. So everyone read that. And I'll say one more thing before we close. I have a new organizational fabulous tool, Greg Parsons. You're going to love it. It's called The Remarkable Two. It is a notebook that 
does not get any emails or texts. And it's just like writing on a legal pad, except that you can have, you know, sub, you know, you can have files. Like, so I can have Cleveland and have in my Cleveland file, 10 different notebooks about F and B prospects and, um, you know, local prospects and national prospects and property management issues, or, and then I can have a file on properties, my properties, and then I can have notebooks, Arrowhead, Rolling Hills. And every time I take notes in a meeting, I can file it. It's phenomenal and life-changing. So what's it called again? Remarkable two. So, okay. Where'd you find it? So Rod Santi Massimo from the Massimo group, I had dinner with him and he said, look at my new organizational <laughs> miracle. And then a week later, my girlfriend, my friend, Ivy Grainer, the COO of Bedrock said, you're not going to believe this thing I just got. So I said, well, both of them were raving about it. I got it and I love it. It's okay. not cheap, but it is, it is, I've had probably the most efficient and most organized week of, I don't know, the last 10 years because of this thing. That's impressive. Lord knows I could be more organized. So check it out. I mean, you know, I love my note. I love writing notes when I'm in meetings and on calls. Like, and then I have a, a directory that says coaching clients. And then I click, you know, I open it up and there's all my coaching clients. So if I'm talking to you, Greg, and we're on a call and I'm writing the things I'm recommending you should do. Well, I do that in notebooks and then I tear that out. I put it in a file and inevitably the next time I'm on, I'm on a coaching call with you, I don't have the file with me. Right now, it's all here in one thing. Huh. I'll click into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining today, and we'll see you next month. Thanks for participating. Thank you. Have a great weekend.